Hello and welcome to the Light from Light podcast. My name is Brother Thomas Therese and as always I'm joined by my great friend Daniel. Daniel! <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you, yes. How You're you? not in your usual place, I see. You're somewhere new. You've gone, you've gone away to visit family. for and... that graduation, which I spoke about, and my mum's birthday. So, Have you had a good week? Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. What have you been up to? I uh, went out for a nice meal, Turkish meal. It was oh, that sounds lovely. Something quite different. But it was, yeah, it was really good. We we've had a lot of um, a lot of Indian food uh, recently. Uh, we had something yesterday. We're having something this evening. Tomorrow, though, we're back to plain old scampi. But I, I quite like scampi, so that's not not, not such a bad thing. <laughs> Who's been cooking the, the food? Oh gosh. Well, usually here we have a different brother. Uh, at the moment, we've got a different brother cooking every night. Um, and yeah, so we have this evening brother Daniel. And yesterday we had, oh, I think we had brother Bede last night. And then the night before we had uh, brother Jerome. Yeah. So, but we've actually had a, a, a triduum of, of Asian cuisine. It's been really nice. I really like Asian food. It's one of my, one of my favorites. Not bad. Yeah. You like your fish. You like your fish. Yeah, I like scampi. Yeah, fish on a Friday. Chips. Yeah, I love a fit. Yeah, can't can't fish. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this session is not episode. about food, is it? No, although that would be a good session, wouldn't it? Like food and scripture and things. You know, the mm. wild locusts and the honey of John the Baptist, and you know. Um, okay, before you go on, the word. <laughs> uh, but yeah, before I go on again, um, today's episode we're going to be talking about the pro-life message and actually. How, where the roots are in scripture and also how much broader it is than simply when life begins and when life ends what, what made the the subject come up in i can't remember mind? actually i can't remember i just thought it was it would be uh something that would be good to cover i'm sure there is there was something that sort of brought it up mm. in my mind but i can't remember why oh i do remember why Sorry. <laughs> in the House of Lords recently, uh, Lord Vinson um, was speaking in favour of the bill which is called Assisted Dying, which is it's basically an assisted suicide bill. Um, and he basically said that a kindly Roman centurion put our Lord and Saviour out of his misery on the cross. And uh, in my last reflection, of course, I explain why he's mistaken. But that then made me think well actually i it's not the first time i've heard people say that there's nothing in scripture to back up pro-life claims and it's not true so i thought it was good to see well what does scripture say about when life begins when life ends and living in general um because a lot of the time you know people who are pro-life um will be accused of being pro-birth and not truly pro-life so actually i want to bring in some of those uh, other parts of the, the tradition and Catholic social teaching, which show that actually, no, it is a pro-life vision that's much broader than simply uh, when does life begin um, for, uh, you know, from conception till, till natural death. Um, so that's really what gave me my, my impetus. I, 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 one of the things that, that is, I suppose, I suppose one of my bugbears is when people abuse and misuse scripture uh, to back up claims and it's this sort of i suppose religious illiteracy misrepresentation it's sort of proof texting yeah it's misrepresentation 
it's theologically illiterate and it sort of it goes um it's something that happened that's becoming more and more common that people misunderstand the purpose of things and they have a sort of superficial glance at um theology or scripture or superficial knowledge of of truths of of christianity and um yeah they, it's sort of misused to justify a position which actually stands in the face of the true tradition i suppose the biggest context that we can situate it in is that god values life and and life lived to mm. the full i mean that's the whole point why jesus it's like john 10 10 i think life yeah. to the full yeah they're very famous famous well off well used quote but actually i think that's probably the best place to situate this this sort mm. of argument or discussion around well what why would we as christians care so much about this the the pro-life movement or you know advocating um rights for all people well it's because god wants us to flourish and we also want our our fellow human beings to flourish as well and i think that's probably the best place to begin like th that's the good of the of the of the argument and i think hopefully we could all agree on that i think that's the thing that that's a good point actually i think whatever side of the debate debates people fall on in terms of life issues and things assuming that the other person is acting from a desire to see other people flourish is a good a good place to begin and of course why is it that jesus christ comes to us he says i came that you might have life and life in all its fullness in other places um uh, ezekiel for example uh, i take no pleasure in the death of the wicked man rather let him turn from his evil ways and live like you see over and over again the lord says choose life i set before you two paths path of, uh, 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 choose life is is the the fundamental message and you're quite right it's all about flourishing as human beings and being united to the lord and and achieving why we were created what what we were created for union with the lord and the lord as well always says you know if you desire life and flourishing and things you know listen to me is the, the constant thing that you see throughout scripture listen to me obey my commandments observe my ordinances and my statutes and yeah and you shall dwell in the land securely is what it used to say in the uh, is what we find in the old testament there is a connection between human flourishing and the lord and the lord teaches us about what will fulfill us and shows us the path of life to follow jesus of course saying i am the way the truth and the life no one can come to the father except through me so there is a connection then between our flourishing our endless human beings and the lord and that the lord teaches us he reveals to us he shows us what human flourishing looks like in the person of jesus and the ways to to follow to have true life and life in all its fullness of course every human being has value and, and dignity i think our, our teaching uh, as a as the cover church is very clear on that but also i think that it's it uh, comes from scripture really we see in the bible god interested in each person's life and obviously there are pieces of scripture we could quote we could go all the way back to genesis chapter one and say god created man and woman in his image and he created he created them for love for for flourishing mm -hmm. um and and also in romans there's this wonderful line where it says that god calls the unloved and makes them beloved 
So he calls those who are generally forgotten in the world. Um, and mm. again, that theme is throughout Scripture. You know, when when Jesus comes, he he who does he go to? Those who who need who need a doctor. Those who are forgotten by the world at that point. And I think that shows that God is eminently interested in people in, in the innocent, interested in the people who are who are forgotten. And so we too should should be as well yeah treat others as you'd like them to be treated you know and also uh whatsoever you do to the least of these my brothers and sisters that you do to me uh, that's how closely christ associates himself with the poor and the hungry and the thirsty and the lonely and the oppressed and everything he says what you do to them how you treat them is how you treat me so that is also a pro-life issue and shows how radically God associates himself with his creation and radically how radically he associates himself with the human person in particular. So would you situate the so the pro-life banner, I suppose? Message, or, or, yeah. Yeah, I suppose banner <clears throat> or name or message covers all people. So yes. it's it's the rights of every single person. Absolutely. And this is exactly what the the church's teaching on the death penalty is 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 trying to reflect that actually every person has an inviolable dignity because they are made in the image and likeness of God. It's not just that they're in the image of God, that they're also in the likeness of God. And especially as baptized persons, you know, you have this restoration of the image and likeness of God, be, which, which is uh, which is sometimes marred by sin, you know. So um, that there is an inviolable dignity which cannot be taken away even when we do something wrong because we're not defined by our sin but we're defined by the by the father's love for us that's something that has to be reflected in every aspect of our lives towards the prisoner and towards the lonely towards the hungry towards every person who we meet towards the unborn child in the womb everybody everybody has a right to live and also to the to us to a certain quality of life right um in the catholic social teaching pope leo the 13th and rerum novarum says after your needs and your station have been met everything else that you own rightfully belongs to the poor right so there is a certain uh, a certain duty that you have to um care for the poor to uphold the poor uh, also people who are refugees like in leviticus i know i had a reflection not too long ago leviticus 19:34. the alien who resides with you the foreigner who resides with you shall be to you as the citizen among you you shall love the foreigner as yourself for you are foreigners in the land of egypt i am the lord your god and again in exodus 22:21, you find do not mistreat or oppress the foreigner for you were foreigners in egypt and deuteronomy puts it in a in a, in a negative way cursed is anyone who withholds justice from the foreigner the fatherless or the widow uh, there all the people shall say amen and that's uh amen and that's deuteronomy 27 19 so here you see a particular a, a particular concern for the foreigner the fatherless the widow the orphan the oppressed those uns of society the unloved the unwanted the undesirable the people who don't have anything the pro-life message is broader than simply about uh, when does life begin. It's about the inviolable dignity of every human person and the respect that you 
owe to somebody because of their dignity also includes their quality and manner of life. So we do strive as a pro-life people, as a Christian people, we do strive to improve the living conditions of every human being, no matter where they find themselves, even if they find themselves in prison. So uh, throughout the, the centuries, you see Christians advocating for prison reform uh, to have a more humane system. Now we also see people trying to reform the uh, refugee system, like people in the, um, the Jesuit refugee service, for example, they want to see a more humane system uh, where people who have very often fled torture and have fled to England and other countries in fear of their life, who when they get here are detained and kept in prison-like conditions, sometimes for indefinite periods of time. This is not humane and can feel like a re-torture. It can feel like torture again. And this, the disbelief that people face after the, the traumas that they've already suffered, these are things also that pro-life people are trying to work to rectify. And what are they motivated by very often? They're motivated by their love of God, by their love of their brothers and sisters, their fellow human beings. They're motivated by recognizing the dignity of, of every human person. And from a, from a Christian and a Catholic perspective in particular, they're motivated by recognizing people are made in the image and likeness of God, and therefore they have inalienable rights which cannot be taken away from them, even if other people refuse to, to recognize them. And this, this then would be a great injustice. Just want to read one of my favorite parts of scripture from the prophet Isaiah. This is Isaiah 58, uh, verses 6 to 10. Is not this the fast that I choose? to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house, when you see the naked to cover them, and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly, your vindicator shall go before you, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then shall you call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday sun. Where is it we find parallels with this in the New Testament? Jesus Christ, Matthew 25 you know, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was sick, you came and visited me. When I was grieving, you consoled me. All of these, all of these works of, of, of kindness and mercy uh, that we see. And also, don't, let you, don't hide your light under a bushel. You know, put your light on a, on a lampstand. Jesus there, I think, is in part referring back to images that we see in Isaiah. Then shall your light shine and rise in the darkness. This is what he's calling his people to be. This is what he's calling all people to be, because of course he calls all people to be part of his people. He calls all people to become part of the, part of the church and to, and to become Christians. Um, so yeah, there's, we are called to be this light in the darkness who shatters the, 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 the bonds of injustice. Uh, for other people. This is the, the pro-life message. When we're thinking about 
uh, the pro-life message often what comes to mind is the d- discussion around the pre-born so children in the in the womb mm-hmm. where would we look to in in scripture or, or the church's teaching to find the the understanding then that life begins at conception well i think one of the things to remember is that they're they're human beings too right there there's this question about personhood when do they become uh when does a human being become a human being when does a human person become a human person and we would say in the womb from the first moment of conception and there are philosophical reasons for that but just to talk about the theological ones to narrow our scope a little bit because i realize that we don't have huge deals of time in jeremiah 1 5 we read that we are formed in the womb that god knows us before we we come to be so jeremiah 1 5 says before i formed you in the womb i knew you and before you were born i consecrated you i appointed you a prophet to the nations so here we have jeremiah basically being told that the lord knew him before he was even in the womb when he was just an idea in the mind of the lord and before you were born i consecrated you so he's consecrated as he's being built together by the lord in the womb and i appointed you a prophet to the nations jeremiah was given his vocation before he was born he was given his vocation uh, when he was in the room womb you also see in galatians 1 15 st paul says he who set me apart before i was born so it's not just in the old testament we see this idea of life beginning from before birth from uh from the womb and now we would say that with modern science and the understandings of conception and a reproductive system and everything that we would say that life begins at the moment of conception to go to the psalms you know psalm 139 you formed my inward parts you knit me together in my mother's womb so you have lots of job job uh, chapter 10 verses 11 and 12 you have clothed me with skin and flesh knit me together in my mother's womb granted me life and love so there is this constant affirmation in scripture that i am from before i am born before i i leave my mother's womb i am still me you have clothed me with skin and flesh you knit me together in my mother's womb granted me life and love this is language of personhood uh so uh, scripture is very clear that before your 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 mother gives birth to you you are you still exist you are you still have personhood you are a human being you're not a separate species <laughs> you're you're humans you're a human species and you're a human person isaiah 44:24 thus says your redeemer who formed you from the womb isaiah uh, 49 1-5 to we we see the lord called me from the womb formed me from the womb and in 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 the new testament luke 1 15 he will be filled with the holy spirit from his mother's womb it's certainly it's certainly before before birth i think it was was also uh, evident in in scripture as well is that in the womb some of these people you talk about there isaiah and uh, and john the baptist as well is that they, they have a, a purpose given to them 
from the womb. Yes. So, like for example, in in Galatians in chapter one, it talks about how God set me apart from the time I was born. He showed me His grace by appointing appointing me. So Paul there has has a purpose uh, given to him even from the womb, which you know, which is incredible. God thinks so highly of the the child in the womb. You know, we could say as well, Isaiah, the Lord called me from the womb, formed me from the womb to be His servant. So there's a there's a purpose behind that calling from from even from the womb. And as I say, with as well with with Jeremiah, before you knew, before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. Isaiah and Paul and Jeremiah, uh, their vocations being traced back by them themselves to the womb. Uh, certainly, Jeremiah put, puts these words on the on the on the on the mouth of the Lord. It's the Lord addressing Jeremiah. Said the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah and says, "Before you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you." Who is the I there? The I is the Lord. Before I, the Lord, formed you in the womb, I, the Lord, knew you. Before you were born, I, the Lord, consecrated you. And it's not a wonderful message for each and every one of us that the Lord knew us before we were born, and that He willed us to have life. The, uh, the church teaches that it's not just the coming together of husband and wife that creates new life, that this is part of the process, but actually the giving of the soul, the giving of the soul belongs to God alone. That does not belong to our parents. We do not receive our soul from our parents. We receive our soul directly from God and our vocation to our calling that universal calling to holiness comes from god and that's certainly something we have uh in, in our parents womb and also that that unique calling that each and every one of us has that saint john henry newman calls the definite service that the lord has set us apart for each and every one of us whatever it may be you know me being a religious other people marriage and and whatever it be teaching jeremiah to be a great prophet isaiah to be a great prophet paul to be a, a great apostle to the gentiles all of these things uh, are in god's providence and god being outside of time remember so obviously we're talking there about those who uh, have rights in the womb so the the preborn but again to broaden in to broaden the point that every life has value and and can can I just add that also doesn't depend on their quality of life. Somebody might have a very poor quality of life, but their life is no less valuable. It's no less important. It's no less worth less worthwhile. Um, just because uh, one might be uh, living in poverty or in pain at some particular time, or uh, and this is one of the things that we get when we go to Lords, isn't it? You know, you see people who are disabled, who are sick. Um, uh, people in in abject poverty. I mean, my family background certainly. I didn't grow up in a wealthy family at all. But you know, their lives have no less value, and I think sometimes they can sort of. Sometimes when we're in those p situations, we can feel quite sad about our life. And when you see things like uh, uh, assisted dying or assisted suicide programs and things, sort of subtly we're saying, yeah, actually, you know, you're right. Actually, your life isn't really worth living. So you should be able to have this option to sort of take away it. But actually, no, actually, your life is worth living. Your life is good and it's true and it's beautiful and it, and you're fearfully and wonderfully made and you have uh, a vocation given by God. And God thought that the world needed somebody like you in it. And that even though that they may feel small and unseen, 
that they have incredible value and that comes from God and it cannot be taken away by anyone else. No circumstances, no circumstances or situation, situational things can take away, can take away your dignity and your your worthiness. And it's our duty as Christians to advocate and speak out for for all people, for anyone who's oppressed, for the innocent, for the forgotten, the unseen. You know, it's our it's our job to mm-hmm. step up as individuals and 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 as a collective, yeah. as a church, to do what we can uh, in all the you know in all these different forums. Yeah, advocate for the falsely accused, right? You know. Some people, there are people out there who are in prison who have been falsely accused of crimes. Um, so, I mean, that's also a pro-life issue, you know. Um, and let's not forget, you know, paying people a just wage, those amongst us who, who are employers. Uh, let's not forget paying somebody a just wage. The church actually describes refusing to pay people a just wage as a sin that cries out to heaven for vengeance. It's a very, very serious sin not to pay somebody the just wage, you know. So all of these things are also uh, pro-life issues and they don't detract from each other. They all go together. It's not just because you're talking about one that it means that others aren't important or that you don't believe that others are important. Uh, actually, no, you can you can hold that all of these are important, but, you know, you've only got one one mouth, right? So you can't sort of say all of these things all at the same time unless somebody's prepared to sit down and listen to you for two or three hours, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, all of these issues, advocating for the, for the uh, unborn, advocating for the rights of the oppressed, the widow, the orphan, the falsely accused, those who are not receiving a just wage, all of these things are pro-life issues. Yeah, you know, Hosea, um, Hosea, the prophet in the Old Testament, he says, in you, the orphan finds mercy. And I think we, it's right to extend that further and say, actually, even the pre-born, even those who are struggling in a nursing home, those in prison, that's where they, they find mercy in, in you and in what you can can do for yeah. them so as as proverbs says yeah. speak up for those who can't speak for themselves speak up yeah. for the rights for all those who are poor helping the disabled yeah helping the disabled helping the elderly how often is it that we see that you know the those who are elderly and in in nursing homes very often become isolated people with disabilities uh, as, particularly as, as uh, you know people with non-verbal disabilities or with uh, intellectual disabilities who can't always articulate themselves perhaps as well as other people um, you know all of these people you're, you're absolutely right they need a voice and people to speak out for them and to advocate for them and to protect them and to defend them and to love them fundamentally that's what this is about isn't it it's about loving God and loving our neighbor and you can't love as the first letter of St. John tells us how can you love God whom you have not seen if you do not love your neighbor whom you have seen? So it's it's vital to the gospel message. It's at the heart of the gospel message. Uh, this is why John Paul II uses the language of the gospel of life. And I, I think John Paul II, might, uh, sorry, not, not just John Paul II, I think Paul VI also used the, the language, you know, the gospel of life. And of course, remember that in uh, Psalm 68, it says, God makes a home for the lonely. You know, as you mentioned there about those who, who are lonely, God makes a home for all of these people in the church. So we are called to be the home for these people as members of that church. Absolutely. Be their shelter, you know, 
dwell with them. That's what when when Aristotle talks about love and friendship and things, he says when you love somebody, you desire to dwell with them. And when you look at Christ, uh, who who's described as a bridegroom in in the new uh, in the New Testament and and in the in the Old Testament as well, you see allusions to the Messiah being the bridegroom, the Lord being the bridegroom. What does he do? The first letter of St. John tells us he tabernacles with us. He dwells with us. And so we too, also as Christians, dwell with those who we love. And who is it we're called to love? Who is my neighbor? Mm, well, read the scriptures to find that one out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on that note, then we'll, we'll end our episode. Thank you very much for joining us. Please subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you're listening and yeah watch out for another episode coming soon god bless you god bless